Welcome to GovIT, a monthly podcast series from TD Synex Public Sector, where we discuss the next generation of public sector IT solutions with the technology innovators driving the change. I'm your host, Tom Temin. Each month, we explore a different technology, what it is, and how it can help public sector organizations achieve their modernization goals and accomplish their missions. In this episode, we sit down with Andrew Harris, Chief Technology Officer of Global Public Sector at CrowdStrike, to discuss democratizing security with Charlotte AI. Andrew, good to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about AI, artificial intelligence, and you've got the notion that it can democratize security. Their agencies can do that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so democratization to us means how do we enable, there's different tiers of SOC analysts, um, security operations center analysts, tier one being the more junior, tier two being the more intermediate, tier three being the more senior experts, if you will. When we talk about democratization of cybersecurity, we essentially mean how do we elevate SOC tier one analysts? How do we convert them to SOC tier two analysts? How do we take SOC tier two analysts, convert them to SOC tier three analysts? How do we take a SOC tier three analyst and be able to have them work on instead of 10 things a day, how do we start actually having them have the ability to automate 50 things a day, maybe a hundred things a day, including even creating net new dashboards to further enable the downstream SOC analyst underneath them to start getting those economies of scale, if you will. So really our, our goal, as we talk about Charlotte AI, generative AI, which I'm sure Tom, you and I are going to be talking about here on the podcast we're talking about how do we ultimately increase the return of investment into the platform, as well as how do we also ensure we can automate those activities on behalf of our customers so they have realizations of return much earlier in the product lifecycle. So the idea of elevating someone who's level one to level two and so on, and then making much more productivity and the ability to think for those at level three, then it sounds like people shouldn't worry about their jobs or be afraid for their jobs with AI coming into this whole cyber and cyber analysis and monitoring, but should welcome it, sounds like. Yeah, agreed. It kind of reminds me again, I'm I'm almost 40, but I feel like I went through a couple of these, uh, these cycles. Some people will probably still say I'm young. It, it kind of reminds me of computers. Oh, Computers are going to replace humans. And then the computers get smarter and smarter and smarter and you have automation. And now you have computers kind of predicting input, which is generative AI, what is the intent of what someone's saying? What's the natural language? So I don't have to learn all these different syntaxes and how to talk to different programs. It reminds me that it's just a next natural progression and jobs are not going away. The amount that cybersecurity in general continues to increase from a jobs perspective, I think we're more than a half a million jobs short just in the federal government and cybersecurity. AI is not going to eat into that at all. If anything, it's going to cause more people to have to go into this. How do we even secure generative AI is a whole nother theme that's going to be coming out of this as well. And age being nonlinear in many cases, that means people that are much older could maybe get into this field and people that are much younger can advance in it that much faster. It sounds like that's the whole idea of democratizing through AI. Yeah, exactly. It's a tool that everyone should start learning. How do you use and when's the right time to use AI? Just like when is the what is the right time uh, to use a computer typing, all those kind of skills. Everyone naturally had to slowly progress. Same thing for how we're going to start using, again, a generative AI. What's the right tool? When's the wrong time to use it? Um, is also going to be just as equally important of when to know when to use it. And a big issue with AI is how can we ensure that the output from it is fair, equal, equitable, transparent, and all of these things, and stay that way over time. Yeah, exactly, Tom. One of one of the things that we pride ourselves in at CrowdStrike is there's still human intervention. 
So we want to make sure that it's not just a computer running another computer and there's no injections. Adversaries are known to want to compromise and inject their logic into artificial intelligence. Therefore, something that might be very malicious could now all of a sudden look very, very benign if the adversary has the ability to modify training data to ultimately modify the behavior of artificial intelligence. So that said, we get a ton of questions. And CrowdStrike's been doing this since 2009, uh, might I add on how do we protect assets? How do we ensure computers remain secure? How do we ensure clouds remain secure? There needs to be a human element in there. Dirty and bad data in is dirty, bad data out. And it is explicitly and very much true in generative AI. You're only as good as the input. Right. So a hacker then could potentially get to the logic of the algorithm itself, which you don't want, but it could do equal damage if it gets to the data that is used in training. And because it's AI, it does change and morph over time. According to data, they could get at it that way, too. Exactly. The interesting thing about artificial intelligence is you can essentially set up an algorithm, but it really learns based on training data. And the more training data it has, the smarter and smarter it gets. If you can't trust that training data, you can no longer trust artificial intelligence, especially if you have no checks and balances of what training data is in there. Is that actually legitimate? Is that not legitimate? So from an injection perspective, from an adversary perspective, from a computer security perspective, it's something we definitely need to be very cognizant of. Even if something has nothing to do with, say, cybersecurity, there could still be pretty bad implications if that is not secure, if humans are not involved in that logic. And there we go back to the idea that, yes, no, your job is not in danger, but you just might be doing it differently and maybe a little bit more accelerated pace. And in thinking of AI solutions, and there are no shortage of them out there, including the generative quality as well as the non-generative ones, what should you think about in picking a solution both for its own security and for it giving you the results you want. It goes back to a platform is only good as the data that in the team that's actually providing it. Meaning if I have really bad threat intelligence and now I'm trying to have generative AI do something with that threat intelligence, I'm not going to get a much better output. I'm just, I'm going to have again, bad data in, bad data out. So it should be something that platforms all have to check the box now. Do you have generative AI? Can you automate my tasks? Do I have to learn this crazy arduous syntax to interact with your system? The answer to that eventually for all platform vendors is going to have to be no. You can use things like Charlotte AI. You can use things like generative AI to more simplistically interface with computers to get expected output. But again, what why what is the reason for you selecting one vendor over the other? It's really not going to be about generative AI. It's going to be about, do you trust that company? Do you, do you know they're going to actually secure their infrastructure? Are they securing their artificial intelligence and their training data fueling that artificial intelligence? It's going to be the exact same questions. But every single platform vendor now is being forced to essentially provide generative AI, and it's, it's good for everyone around. But it really won't be necessarily a major delta outside of those chat GPTs who are providing this as a pure artificial intelligence play. Right. So does generative AI really have a place in cybersecurity and making your security operation centers more effective and guarding your agency against what could be coming in with the AI revving up your ability to detect threats and patterns? Yeah, exactly. Ever since chat GPT v3, it grew like wildfire, but there's many different types of artificial intelligence and machine learning. Generative AI just happens to be the latest and greatest version where people started realizing they can interface with systems without really understanding what they're actually doing. They can almost ask a question and copy and paste it and have a pretty pristine answer on the other side. The other way of looking at artificial intelligence is essentially what CrowdStrike's been doing since 2009, which is how do we do predictions? If I know what bad looks like and I have a concept of indicators of attack, 
not playing whack-a-mole looking for very specific things, but looking more at behavior, we can actually predict with high confidence the intent uh, of what someone is doing. So that that part of AI is trying to predict the outcome of something before it happens in the spirit of keeping a computer or cloud secure. Generative AI that we've been seeing in the last couple of months, again, since ChatGPT v3, is really generative AI, which is, can it interpret my natural language and give me an output that aligns to my expected result on the other side? Two very different use cases, but in cybersecurity, Again, from an indicator of attack perspective, uh, we've been doing it since 2009. What you see now at CrowdStrike is wrapping our larger cloud service with generative AI to further increase your return of investment as a, as a user of our software. But again, other vendors are going to be doing the exact same thing, which goes back to the earlier question you asked, Tom, which is how do you still make selections then between different vendors? Really, you're going to be looking at the vendor. How, how much do you trust them? Are they keeping themselves secure like we talked about? It's really going to be less and less about the generative AI piece, which is going to just automate your practices. And getting back to the question of selecting vendors, partly on how well protected they and their infrastructures are, kind of the supply chain security question, fair to say CrowdStrike is pretty up on that one. Absolutely, Tom. It's one of our forefront pillars in our strategy trust is paramount. If you can't trust your cybersecurity vendor, that cybersecurity vendor may not be, uh, might as well not be in business. So it's one of the top things. We are the largest threat intelligence provider to the Center for Internet Security, one of the largest for DHS, one of the largest for the Intel community. In public blog posts, we're, we're thanked countless times. And just recently, we got our Impact Level 5, which is a bunch of acronyms, but ultimately that means we we can help secure national security data. So, so we treat cybersecurity with the utmost priority. Andrew Harris, Chief Technology Officer of Global Public Sector at CrowdStrike. For more information on Charlotte AI and CrowdStrike, visit CrowdStrike.com. You've been listening to GovIT from TD Cinex Public Sector. We'll be back soon with more public sector IT content. I'm Tom Temin.